Around Comics, Episode 37. six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Wizard World Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, oh, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. I cannot believe I am still here. Everyone, it is, uh, as we're recording this Sunday morning, it is the last day of Wizard World Chicago. We're hoarse, tired, and hungover, but have had a really uh, amazing convention. Uh, we've got some stuff uh, coming up here on the show that you'll have a nice listen to, but I uh, want to do a, a, a quick recap and, and some thank yous. Um, before we do that, I do have uh, a regular announcements. I want to remind everyone that this episode is sponsored by GeekArmor.com. Sal, can you tell everyone about GeekArmor.com? GeekArmor.com sells t-shirts with the geek in mind, featuring a great selection of comic book t-shirts as well as video games, sci-fi, TV, and movie shirts. You are sure to find something you like. Check out their latest original design, a red shirt with a phaser hole on the front that reads, I went on an away mission and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. And now the good folks at GeekArmor.com are offering a 10% discount to all Around Comics listeners. Just use the coupon code AROUNDCOMICS. When placing your order and receive an additional 10% off. GeekArmor.com, check them out today. It's a pretty good radio voice for uh, six hours of sleep over the last three days. That's what a carton of cigarettes and a bottle of Jim Beam will do for you. <clears throat> I would like to remind everyone that Around Comics is normally recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by and introduce yourself. We would love to meet you. Remember, I just mentioned the show during uh, our recording. Get 20% off. If they have anything left from yeah. being the con, they sold so much stuff. They wrote the entire inventory story. is depleted. Yeah, no nothing kidding. left. <laughs> but I'm sure they'll they'll, they'll restock. restock. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure the order. I think Matt was already running around buying stuff at the con from different dealers, and yeah. these guys always hunting around for uh, stuff. Nuts. Um, Sal, we've got our uh, our August contest now, July August contest. Mm -hmm. um, what folks know about that? Sure, our July-August contest, I guess, uh, is Right Times Comic, and uh, you can go on our website under the show contests, and there is a PDF you can download, or a JPEG you can download, of a uh, page from a Green Lantern comic that Tom picked Green out. Green Lantern number six, Green Lantern number six, and um, we took out all the word balloons, or we took out all the words from the word balloons, and you need to fill them back in, and we'll pick a winner, and you'll win... 
a uh, free trade, twenty four ninety five or less, and um, also ten uh, quarter books, hand selected by Tom Caters himself. <laughs> Tom's not here today with us. He, he was doing Lollapalooza yes, yesterday. Yes, he was. So. He was. He made his appearance on Friday, though. He was here Friday and yesterday. So, uh, I'd like to remind. Uh, uh, this is our our, our plea uh, to uh, all of our listeners. It's our listener LCS challenge uh, on the website of the website at aroundcomics.com. There's a little banner that says listener LCS challenge. There's a PDF uh, flyer for the show. If you'd be so kind as to ask your manager or owner of your little comic shop to display that, uh, that would be great. If they do we'll mention both you and the shop on the show and provide a link to the shop on our site absolutely it'll be great uh uh podcast alley votes please itunes reviews votes please send us emails come to our forum absolutely we met a bunch of people this weekend that post on the forum and they're just all such a great group of guys that uh there's no reason not to come on there and post because Great. Um, Smart, handsome, funny. <laughs> um, if you ever meet David Price in person, just do a Christopher Walken accent and he's, he will turn bright red and maybe pass out from laughter. <laughs> great, great time with uh, with all the forum posters. I don't even know if I want to start naming them all because it'll, uh, take, it'll forever. take forever and I'll leave someone out. Screw that. Every, everyone, it was it was great. Um, quick recap before we get into some interviews. Um, Wizard World ran from Thursday evening to um, currently, which is it's going on right now. It's going on right now. Uh, so wrapping up at the end of Sunday. Uh, we came out preview night. Um, preview night was really a lot of fun. It's a little bit uh, Seems less like it was crowded. Three weeks ago, though. Yeah, uh, met some great creators. Uh, probably my every time I go to a con, the one thing that I take away from it is how incredibly gracious the creators are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, uh, we you know we were fortunate enough Thursday. Was it Thursday night? We sit down with Paul Jenkins for a while. He, mm-hmm. he uh, sat down with us um, after the show, and we talked and had a few drinks and laughed and um just you know great guy and and uh we've you know just met so many good people tony moore who's yeah. just been fantastic and you know we we finally got a chance to hook up with ivan brandon mm-hmm. uh from nyc mech and 24 7 uh jeremy hahn uh claymore great guys phil hester and andy parks oh, are just, always that goes without saying yeah, those guys are just great uh, fantastic fantastic i mean there's you know these these guys really uh, work hard for what they do and what they love, mm-hmm. and you know most of them, you know, don't have the fortune to make a ton of money. You know what I mean? They don't make a bunch of money for as much work as they do. You know, some guys get lucky and you know are huge names and the, and they get taken care of, but a lot of these guys, you know, aren't making a huge living off of this kind of stuff, and uh, they really appreciate. You know. It, it, one of the things that happened at the show that I thought was so cool was uh, Mike Norton. You know, he, <laughs> he we were walking by his table and um, a kid came up. Well, I say a kid, but he was I don't know, probably twenty or something. Yeah, um, with a, a, a homemade gravity shirt, and Mike was just so blown away by that. He, he's like, I got to get a picture of that, and he he just loved it. And he was showing us later on. You know, he, he took take had it on his the phone. Kid. Yeah, he had it on his phone. He was just so 
so blown away by that. He's I, I showed him that I had taken a picture. He's like, oh, oh. I said, I'll email it to you. He's like, oh, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think that uh, pretty much every creator that, that we came in contact with and talked with, they really enjoy interacting with the fans, and they're approachable. And um, mm. the probably our, our biggest geek-out moment of the con, I, I know it was for me, and I know when it Tony was Moore for hugged you? Uh, yeah, the, the Tony Moore man hug that was that was <laughs> it was very special. Um, John Romita Jr. Uh, just absolutely amazing guy, and uh, we were all extremely. Then first, thanks to Jim McCann, the uh, oh, the, the guy at Marvel huge, who helped us out. Huge and, thank uh, you to Jim McCann. Um, he, he was just so helpful and gracious and 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 golden to us uh, to to help us out this weekend. And uh, but yeah. Um, John Romita Jr. was absolutely probably the nicest guy, the most down to earth, um, generous, and with his time. And, yeah, and, and we're we're teasing that in uh, um, probably an episode in a, in a few days that'll be released um, from from when you're listening to this. We have uh, about 15 minutes that we're able to sit down with John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. and uh, not a more a more gracious guy would you ever yeah. want to meet? Yeah, just uh, great. Yeah, absolutely great. And we and we could you know take that sentence copy and paste it after every name yeah we, i mean it just it, it was just like i get one guy after the next who mm-hmm. you know turned out to be it so was, and it was a good con it was uh uh it wasn't uh as as packed with talent as it was last year uh but i think that helped out we heard you know mm-hmm. we talked to a lot of the small press guys a lot mm-hmm. of the self-publishers and they said they they had one of the best cons they'd ever had and i think Part of that may be due to the fact that, that some of the huge names mm-hmm. weren't here, and, and it gave people an opportunity to go and go through Artist Alley a little more. Sure. And, and uh, everyone, some yeah. of these guys, the and, great sales at a lot of the yeah. Artist Alley tables. Our Artist Alley was uh, fantastic this yeah, year. Yeah, there was some. I mean, there really was some great names in there. You know, just some to people. walk up to Jeff Darrow and chit chat and uh, do a sketch you know that, w- that was another great story is that uh, um, he's doing sketches for charity mm-hmm. and yes how much is a sketch he's like, a dollar or whatever you want to pay yeah so and uh, you gave him 20 oh, and yeah I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's Jeff Darrow yeah it just amazing you know and nice guy and and uh, I think one of the one of my other sort of favorite con moments that wasn't anything to do with me it was just I was standing there when it happened I I happened to be standing in line uh, waiting for uh, a signature from Greg Land, and um, I was next to him was Peter David, and he was talking to a fan, and the fan was was asking his advice on a story, and there he is just telling him how to fix a story, or or not telling him how to, but suggesting yeah. things and and just giving him advice on writing. And how to you know how to go about you know maybe fixing his story and I'm just like wow that's that's pretty cool of him to just sit there and take his time to to try and help this kid out and and uh, and you just see that stuff all over the place you know I mean one one um, of the biggest kicks I get is um, hanging out uh, in the hotel afterwards for some of the the after party stuff and you see the creators get together and it's not that uh, and, and they're once again very approachable there but they're all hanging out talking to each other and sometimes you don't realize that with the way that comics are made today, it's not the old bullpen style where all these guys meet each other at the right. office Monday through Friday. Uh, a lot of these guys live in, you know, not not just opposite sides of the country, but sometimes different countries. Absolutely. And these cons are the only chance that they have to to get together, except for you know these you know Marvel retreats and whatnot. And these are little mini reunions for them, and it's really 
really neat to see these guys. And, and sometimes, I mean, you know, it's like we've kind of found, you know, a lot of times these they're they're even more approachable after the show, mm-hmm. you know, either in the hotels or in the bars, but usually early in the show. You know, it's like Thursday night, Friday night, they're they're pretty. But then it seems like you know Saturday night, that's when they want their time with their their friends, and mm-hmm. to, you know, and it's like they're not quite, you know, and not that they're not approachable and they're still nice, oh. but. You try and respect that yeah. and, and, and give them their space because, you know, these guys do, you know, four days straight of doing nothing mm-hmm. but signing autographs and shaking hands and, and taking I, pictures. I'm tired. I'm yeah, tired. I'm, I'm, I don't know how they do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, San Diego two weeks ago and mm-hmm. and then this, I don't know how. I couldn't have done that. There's yeah. no way. I yeah. wouldn't have wanted to. Well, yeah, one of my one of my favorite, you know, uh, quotes from last year's show when I was talking to, to Phil Hester I said Phil it's, it's so great for you to um, be down here and just hanging out and, and talking to fans or you know whoever and uh, and Phil said that's why we come to these shows if if we didn't want to uh, to have contact with you guys we'd stay at a hotel you know off site and right. and leave the leave the con and not come out um, so I think you know in you know from Phil's perspective uh, he enjoys it, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just once again, a great guy. Another, I mean, another uh, moment we had was uh, we were we were at the Marvel booth, and Paul Jenkins was getting ready to do a signing, and um, and if you haven't ever met Paul or or heard him in a panel, he's just one of the most entertaining and charming <laughs> and funny guys, and uh, and you know, he's he's a hell of a writer too. But he uh, he all of a sudden he stands up on his chair behind the booth, and there's this big crowd waiting for him. And uh, he uh, he goes, okay, guys, you know, he starts, he took some pictures first, but then he's like, okay, uh, you know, we know how this is going to work. You're going to come up, and I'm going to sign stuff for you and talk to you a little bit, but I'd really appreciate it. There's this little uh, little boy who uh, who's uh, sick and, and, and needs help, and, and he was asking everybody if they could, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was just, um, it was actually Chris Moreno. Uh, I believe uh, knows the, knows the boy. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, the there's, a, there's there, a, a pretty a pretty uh, involved story about it. But yeah, uh, Chris Moreno, who's working with Paul Jenkins on on Sidekick, mm-hmm. and Chris once again another great guy. Yeah, but Chris Chris had originally started this, and and Paul, you know, grabbed latched onto it and just really you know has started you know taking his time and and it just you know it, it's a little thing, but it's a little thing that means a lot you know to I'm sure that boy and, and his parents and, and uh, you know to do that take your time out and just you know kind of yeah and we'll, fi- and we'll find out more information about yeah, that yeah I actually and, wanted and to on the, on the, on the uh, not just the forum but the website yeah. and, and see if we can um, set up something to help donate to that so that's it. yeah these guys are all seem to be involved in causes and yeah, it's yeah it, it's really a neat industry every time I come to a con it just reinforces that fact that um, there's no other entertainment industry quite like this mm-hmm. um, accessibility to creators the uh, um, the fandom that's out there and I don't even think that we heard one argument about whether uh, Thor could beat Shazam you know <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, I think uh, we did hear an argument of who was better is Black Thor or uh, <laughs> or Black Beast from the con but that's a whole nother uh, yeah it was uh, it was actually a pretty a pretty grown up uh, uh, group there well not group I and mean, had about 50,000 people come through but uh um, the, the yeah, I, I never really heard anything. I mean, I didn't hear any horror stories about anything going mm-hmm. on, or, or uh, you know, overall, from you know, from what I remember of it, I mean, <laughs> there was a, a great, you know, 
diverse group of people at the show, and you saw kids, you saw great uh, costumes, yeah, you, uh, and you saw you know parents with their kids, you saw adults, you saw young kids, you know teenagers. I did see a lot of kids at the show this year. Yeah, there was quite a bit. It seemed like more, more and more, and um, you know that's just great to see. So a great time. Uh, um, we're putting together all the interviews for you guys to hear and uh, um, had some uh, some good talks with a, a variety of guys so we'll kind of surprise you with those mm-hmm. as the as the show goes along but uh, you know once again uh, thank you guys for listening uh, the listeners that came in for the show thank you for uh, coming up and saying you enjoy the show um, it's uh, and know. for supporting the creators we've had. We've heard a yeah. lot of, of good feedback oh, from wow. the different creators yeah. we had on the show. Michael Oliveri said that he sold yeah. a lot of copies and of... Uh, said some stuff mm-hmm. and, and different creators. So that that's great to hear. We're, we're mm-hmm. glad that... Um, you know, you guys are supporting these books, or you you know find find these books good and, and want to go buy them. So yeah, that's it's a great cool. time. So uh, uh, I think our first uh, our first talk, which is a very extended one, mm-hmm. um, this was Friday night. Friday, yeah. Friday night was so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a uh, we had talked with Dave Hedgecock from Ape Entertainment. Uh, actually, this has been. Uh, for months now, we've been planning, planning, yeah, planning right. and talking about this, and uh, and Dave got together basically Ape Entertainment, um, the the entire entire crew, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun talking to those guys. And uh, um, without teasing it too much, uh, I guess we'll uh, introduce you to the interview segment of the show, and we'll pick up with Ape Entertainment. All right, we uh, we have a, a hotel room. Filled with gorillas. Um, from uh, left to right on your iPod, we're going to go around the room. Uh, gentlemen, uh, introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you do for or at Ape Entertainment. Uh, Steve Bryant, I draw Athena Voltaire. Never heard of you. Right back at you. <laughs> oh. uh, Brandon Terrell, I am the writer of Horrorwood. Uh, Brent Schoonover, artist on Horrorwood. Ben Licious, uh Writer, co-writer, creator on Black Oath. Stan Yan, illustrator for Subculture. I'm Kevin Freeman. I'm the managing editor at Ape Entertainment, and I'm the writer of Subculture. Uh, Greg Waller, creator of Magnitude. Uh, Brent Irwin. I am a co-publisher and a partner of Ape Entertainment. David Edgecock, ditto. <laughs> All right, that's the show. Wrap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wrap it up, everyone. Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome, guys. Um, I think you guys are all aware that uh, we're really excited about having eight because we have this real bizarre affinity with primates and around comics. I don't know, it's Tom and you. I, you know, they scare me. So yeah, uh, it's a character for, I play. It's not really me. First of all, eight. Why? Why? Why ape entertainment? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> well, the big reason is it starts with the letter A, so it puts us in the front for the previous catalog. Being a podcast called Around Comics, we have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> actually, the uh, it, it's actually a, a fanboy inside joke. Um, we, I think it was late editor Mort Weisinger who said that if you put an ape on the cover of your comic book, you're guaranteed to increase your sales. So we called ourselves Ape Entertainment and put a big Ape logo on every comic Everyone. Genius. It's just a big inside joke to the fanboys. Now, how long has Ape been in existence? 
three years, about three years now. Okay. Uh, how many titles does uh, does Ape have as a, as a publishing company right now? Can't even count. We've got one, two, <laughs> three. We've got about five books in production right now uh, through the summer, and uh, many more on the way. Fantastic. Now, we originally became aware of Ape through uh, Steve Bryant because we were fans of Athena Voltaire. Great book. Thanks. And uh, um, when uh, when the whole speakeasy fallout, ding, there's our speakeasy speakeasy reference for the week. Uh, when the whole fallout from uh, from speakeasy came about, we had uh, Steve on the show a couple months later, and, and he had moved over to, over to Ape. And one of the things that that we loved about that interview is that he seemed really, really happy about moving to Ape. Uh, so that it was a, a a good place for Athena to land, and that he was really happy about it. Are um, you happy? Relatively. I mean, they, they keep me you know stocked in beer and, and dancing girls, so I, I can't really complain. He's covered in gold jewelry as well. Well, I, I, I got the yeah. <laughs> Bananas, yeah, bananas. Um. What is what is Ape been able to? And maybe we'll open it up to the, to the rest of the guys. What has Ape been able to offer you that that makes it a, a good or comfortable fit for you to to, to call home for your comic? Uh, for me, it's in Horrorwood. It was just seeing our vision, I think, and being ex- just about as excited about the book that uh, we are, and just seeing how much work that they've put into it is uh, been pretty comforting. You kind of get the feel that. They believe in the project and they want it to succeed about as much as you do. So that's been our experience. Uh, and I'll, I'll second that. Best, yeah, best yeah. Blackout. I was also an ex speakeasy, and and probably one of the other things is just communication. <laughs> you can actually call these guys up and talk to them, and they'll they'll answer the phone. You know, it's like, and you know, not to speak ill of speakeasy any longer, but uh, speak, speak ill of the dead. <laughs> right, yeah, but that was that was one of the problems that we had on Black Coat. And you know, as soon as uh, we had the opportunity to move to Ape, they've just been great, just, uh, very communicative. Um, yeah, speaking of speakeasy, and there's been a lot of you know talk uh, in the industry of what they did wrong. They had an amazing lineup of books. They had some great talent. You know, good sales, and the the ship could not stay afloat. Um, what is Ape doing to to not go down that same road? To be a little bit more strategic and and stay out of those out of those you know rough patches, stay afloat. Well, I think one of the things that we've we've really tried to do is to keep our line small in the beginning. Um, we kind of feel that if you grow too fast, you try to do too much too fast that you're just going to become top-heavy and topple over. So we've put together a 10-year plan of like how we wanted to, to do things with Abe. And we're pretty much on course. You know, We're keeping the, the titles that we're doing low and just trying to put out really, really good product. Answering messages, returning phone calls. Absolutely. Always good. Yeah, always a good way to do it. <laughs> you know, we started, we started out cautiously, and we make sure that our distribution lines, printing lines, and all those things were in place before we went out and tried to you know, do anything of any, you know, really large. Uh, our numbers have always been fine, uh, but, you know, we wanted to make sure we were at a point where we could support our creative teams and the people that we work with, uh, you know, well before we went out and tried to, you know, be the next big thing. Well, I think Brent and I would rather, you know, have a nice long, slow burn as opposed to the meteoric rise, you know, and then burn out 
quickly. You know, we're we're in it for the long haul. Like Brent said, we got a ten-year plan. So, well, that's um, you know, what what is the you know the the ultimate goal of of Ape? What you know, what level do you see yourselves as a company achieving? What sort of position in the industry do you want to to get to? Going to rule the world. Okay. <laughs> hey, nothing less, man. Nothing. Crush all competition. That's right. See, <laughs> see everyone crushed me. <laughs> what other comic book? I mean, that's what comic Hear books the are about, right? Of the, <laughs> yeah. of the you want to get to the day when you can stand in front of people and imply that an audience member is a retired? <laughs> yeah, it's like you're out there. <laughs> It's your ultimate dream. I want to get to the day when they're talking about the big two and they're talking yeah, about one of Yeah, us, it's Ape Entertainment. Like, I think, honestly, uh, personally, I'd be happy to be at that Dark Horse level. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to be one of the companies that you know is going to consistently put out good product, you know, and that, that has a following of people that are going to pick up the books that they do because, you know, they know that the quality is there. That, that really ultimately is, I think, is what I'm looking for. Did a free, you know, I'm, I'm in my 30s. We've talked about this before. I'm early 30s. Young. Young man. Um, did that walker <laughs> says something else, though. When you did it hobble your anybody way. else out that Dark Horse is like 20 years old? Hey, aren't yeah. they still the new kid? <laughs> I, I'm just like, God, I'm getting old. Yeah. You are old. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, I, I didn't feel that way, but maybe you did. Yeah. You're old. Yeah, Not like me. Well, you can remember when they put Grendel out and Cheval Noir and all this other stuff, you know. It, it really kind of dates you after a while. <laughs> oh, well, you know, here's another thing about being, um, uh, if, if not a younger company, but, you know, uh, not not Marvel or DC. You know, we refer to the big two, but uh, comics as comics as a medium, okay, and not as a genre, and Ape has some really interesting genres out there. Lots of different books. Yeah, it, it, it's you guys are not grounded in in superhero. And I'm sure that that is is part. Of, I mean, there there's a lot of great books that you guys are putting out. But was that part of the plan to say, you know what, we're not going to be a cape and cow company. You know, we're gonna we're gonna put out some stuff out there that that's gonna you know, if not challenge the readers, you know, expand the medium a little bit. Um, yeah, actually, we have two criteria when it comes to the picking projects that we're going to do. Um, the first being it has to be well-written, and the second it has to be well-drawn. As long as we have a good package, we'll do it. It doesn't matter if it's horror, if it's sci-fi, if it's superhero. It, as long as it's good, we'll do it. Yes, actually, a perfect example, I mean, not I, you know, Marvel and DC are doing fine with the superhero stuff. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're covering their, their bases pretty well right now. But... So, so it's not something that we've really been interested in tackling. But then a guy like Greg Waller comes along with a book called Magnitude, and it's a superhero book. It blew us away. It's something that the other guys aren't doing right now, but it's superheroes. So we're doing superheroes now, you know. So it's not that we're opposed to doing superheroes or those kind of genres. It's it's the quality of the book that always brings us. So, <laughs> so what is Magnitude? Well, it's, I, I mean, like. Uh, we were just, you know, you're just saying kind of like there's a lot of cape and cowl books out there, and I, I kind of feel that terms almost come a bit derogatory just because, I don't know, like I see a lot of superhero books, and that's true, but I just don't see a lot that celebrate more the hero aspect of them, and Absolutely. a lot of them seem to be pretty dark and, you know, almost depressing to me now, so I wanted to kind of do one that was hopeful and basically like that, like I just want to <laughs> do something fun again type thing. I can also say, too, that uh, when Greg sent us his pitch, there was one line in the pitch that I, I read this, and I, I told David, I'm like, 
Yeah. We have to. We have to do this book. Yeah. And he said, "I'm going to produce an unapologetic superhero comic." Well, I think one of the things that's that I like that you're doing, you're not limiting yourself to any genre. And you know, some of these companies they come out and they sort of get. Uh, stuck into a certain genre, and that's what they're known for. You know, it's like IGN's become a company that's mostly horror, and and uh, you know, DDP. Uh, I think you, you know, you think about the licensing stuff that they do, and and those kind of companies, and they're almost pigeonholed into that, and they they've painted themselves into a corner to some degree, where you know, you have five books out now that are completely different from one another. You can go in any direction, and I think that offers you a lot of flexibility that some publishers don't take advantage of. No, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Um, look at it this way. Nobody wants to eat the same meal every day. So when you're reading comics, you should be able to read something different every day. I eat nothing but hamburgers and beer. Yeah. <laughs> what if What if that one meal is pizza? Yeah. Brian agrees with me. Tom and I are cutting out right now. Yeah. It's pizza. I mean, it's great because we, we have a superhero book, we have a horror book, we have a kind of a noir book, we have an action adventure, pulp fiction kind of book. I mean, we, we've got uh, real life kind of humor sort of books. I mean, there, there's it, it makes our directions limitless, and we can really do whatever we want, and and no one's going to be like, oh, what the heck are they doing this time? I mean, it's so so. Who does all these different books here? So I can figure out who's the horror person and who's the... Yeah, I think horror would. It's <laughs> obviously yeah. the action. There's a comedy. Everyone. It is slapstick. funny. It's slapstick. <laughs> It's a romance. Yeah. It's like bosom buddies. Touching. <laughs> it's Friday the 13th. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I, I just still... I think Horrorwood is a catchy title, but it's more of a suspense book at heart, I think. But, like, I think we've said this before. Suspensewood was not a good title. So, <laughs> yeah, so... But How about Morningwood? It could have been... <laughs> Oh, we do have Sullen Gray. Right? Where were you <laughs> when you were making that pitch? That's a totally different book, man. But we do have Sullen Gray, which is a which is a horror book. We do have Sullen Gray, which is a gothic horror yeah. book. Uh, SullenGray.com. What's black? I, I bought all the issues of Black Coat. <laughs> um, that, that, but I didn't. It, I have no idea. I heard it's good, but I don't know what it's about. Is it a comedy? Uh, <laughs> is it a slice of life? It's a, yeah. it's a clothing book. It's, it's actually just a, it's just a catalog of all kinds Project of different clothes. Uh, no, it's it's actually quite a mix of genres. Um, it's historical fiction, but there's also superhero elements. There's horror elements. There's uh, detective mystery elements to it. I mean, it's kind of got a lot of stuff going on. I don't know who writes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who who knows? It's mysterious. It, it's Purdy. Thank you. It is, but Black Coat yeah. is an absolutely gorgeous book, and we'll we'll get into that um, later in the show. We'll we'll take time for everyone to really tell us about their book, when it's coming out, and, and available, and whatnot. Um, since we're at at a convention, and we've been up for like like what forty hours. There's a convention. Yeah, there's a convention going on. <laughs> Move from the bar. Um, how how important are cons to you guys? Is it to the business, to the individual books. Well, I think they're extremely important. Um, the best thing about a convention is that, like, especially something like Chicago, you get to come to a show and you actually get to interact with the fans one-on-one, face-to-face. And you can actually take the book and say, here, look at my book. You know, don't look at the PDF online, feel the book, meet the creator, you know, shake its hand, and you actually get to see the person's reaction. So I think, you know, when it comes to marketing to people and actually letting them see the product that you have. I mean, some stores may not carry the full line of stuff that it does, which they should, by the way. Um, <laughs> but when they're at a convention, they can see every single book that we have and might find something they missed. 
I know I couldn't find. I had a hard time finding black coat places. So when I saw it, I mean, I took the chance to buy all four of them because I heard how good it was. But it's great, and you could have went to apecomics.com and picked them up. I don't believe in the internet. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't believe in it. <laughs> do you get? Do you guys? You know, just out of curiosity, after you do a, a, a big or heck, even a, a medium-sized convention, do you see pretty substantial uh, increases in either orders or pre-orders or, or sales through shops? I mean, does it have a pretty dramatic or even a noticeable impact? I wouldn't say it's dramatic, but we we're seeing a slow, steady increase in sales over the course of the life of the. The, the company. So we're on an upward trend at about the exact rate that we expected and um, and the conventions definitely play a big part of that. We, we do sink a lot of our interest in advertising dollar into the conventions. We I think we were at seven shows this year. We're doing all the wizard shows. We did Pittsburgh. We're going to do Baltimore. You're going to be at everyone's house. You're going to pretty much go to your yeah, house. We knock on people's <laughs> doors. We make our own conventions. <laughs> So we definitely feel that the convention is a part of that, of, of getting the word out and making contacts with the retailers and the fans and making sure that they know that the product is out there. Because like we were saying before, you know, we don't go do a particular genre, but the one thing that we always do is quality. So all our books are quality, so I'm not afraid to put it in front of anybody's face. And it's got a picture of an ape on the front of it. Well, it's, exactly. It's, so oh. One thing I was going to say that I noticed, too, like, you know, in our plan, one of the first things that we did for the first two years is we had this huge, giant ape logo that we put on our van, on our booth. And we branded the company. We put the, yeah. the ape logo out there. And what happened is over the course of the, of the first couple of years, like the second year we noticed, oh, yeah, I've seen that logo before. I've seen you guys. And it's all about getting people to take a look at you and stop and say, oh, yeah, I know those guys. And the third year coming back into it, we kind of switched it a little bit. Where now we have really strong properties, so we're actually pumping the properties really big with you know nice banners and stuff. But it's that recognition, and it, it raises the awareness of the company and all the properties to all the fans in that particular area. And once you start doing that on the circuit, people start to hear. They go back to their shops and they talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's for um, for a lot of companies, it's, it's important to have you know a flagship title. I, I don't see that with you guys. It, there, there are seriously just a lot of really good titles with a... Do any of you guys think you are the flagship title? <laughs> Let's start a fight in here. Let's don't go and answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> yeah, okay. here, here comes the knife fight. Well, we haven't released our book yet, so... Uh. Now, now um, you guys are releasing Subculture? Okay, when, when does Subculture come out? Uh, if everything goes to schedule, we're hoping it'll be out around the beginning of the year. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll probably have some copies uh, available for Wizard World Texas, but it won't be solicited and available in stores until January, okay. more than likely. And then it'll be the flagship... Uh, of, the, of, the <laughs> of all comics, these are, it's good to hear that you guys have uh, growth. Because if anyone ever pays attention to numbers of like you know the top 100 comics, virtually every comic book loses readers month to month. You know, even the most popular titles. So it's always a good thing to see any company actually grow instead of fight a complete war of attrition against you know complacency. No, it's uh, not to not to have a horrible pun here. Um, Which means there's going to be one. <laughs> and I'm thinking it has something to do with an <laughs> yeah, yeah. you, you guys, You guys have to be strategic in what you do. It, it's, it's a tough industry. It's a tough marketplace. Um, what kind of guerrilla marketing? Oh. Uh, it's not it. the right. It's not the right gorilla. It's not the right gorilla, though. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's like a cheesy sound 
It could be a gift. Wah, wah, wah. Um, <laughs> you know, but but you know, you have to be very strategic in this industry right now. What kind of things do you guys do to to stretch your marketing dollars to make as much impact as you do from even the creator standpoint? Because you know, you guys as creators of these books are as if not you know more responsible for promoting your work as 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 ape is. I mean, it, you know, it's it, these yeah. are your babies. And you want them to succeed. What do you do to promote your work that you know you're trying to you know? Yeah, because we're starting a company next year, so no. No. <laughs> we want to steal all your ideas. <laughs> steal them. No, but in, in this industry, is what it is. <laughs> I'm not lying. Getting out there, it's it's free to do. And I mean, places like you guys and Comic Geek Speak, like I can't say enough, like how much we've gotten from you know just doing shows and getting the word out and I mean the best of all for us it's it's free to do and uh, it's, very it's just the, true. the power of the podcast is pretty impressive man. Yeah, you guys you guys very bring people to the we have more people coming up to the tables talking about podcasts that we've done than just about anything else that we yep. do at, at the, on the convention shows it's pretty amazing and I think another thing too when it comes to guerrilla marketing that we really try to do um, is we really encourage everybody to go out. We, we put preview pages up, you know, on different websites and forums. We encourage the guys to go out and ask, you know, answer questions on the forums, put things up. Um, just stuff like that, you know, to kind of raise the awareness. You I know? think one of the things that, one of the clever things that Steve's doing this and Ben did it too, was going out and soliciting um, quotes from, you know, industry professionals who are well thought of and uh, getting guys like that to talk well about their book. Um, that's another I think that's another, you know, if you've got Warren Ellis saying that your book's great, you know, Steve's a smart guy. He puts that on the cover of his comic yeah. book. You know, Do you think so it's a great book? That's a... Uh, he does. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Steve's but that, nodding. Yeah, but that, like was, a that was TV Warren show. <laughs> I'm not just putting that on the cover of the book. That's going to go on my tombstone. <laughs> yeah, but, but what people don't know is that that's actually Warren Ellis from Hoboken, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the real deal, though. <laughs> I know, no, that, I'm just clarifying so that, I you know, know, that and, guy and, in Hoboken and well, doesn't come and kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and well-deserved. Well well, but in this industry, I mean, we've seen such a huge growth of independent comics and smaller companies, smaller publishing go, come in and out of the business. And I mean, you, there has to be, I mean, that's got to be what you guys are thinking about constantly is that competition and what can we do to stand out? Because even, I mean, there, we've seen books that even if they're good, don't, get recognized because there's just so much out there it's hard to get it in front of people long enough for them to you know pay attention and realize the quality of it i i just can't imagine what you guys are trying to think all the time of what can we do what can we do you know brent Irwin is a marketing genius he doesn't worry about what other people are doing because he's got about 50 new ideas a day on how to do this stuff and you ask anybody in this room they'll tell you the same thing so is it true? we don't worry about the it. It is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> he just had an idea right now. Right now. <laughs> just now. We're, we're, we're always ahead of the game. We're, we're doing stuff that people are now copying, so we're not worried about that. That, that is, you know, uh, Sal and I both work in marketing, and uh, that's when you know you're doing stuff right, is whenever you see people following you and, and copying what you're doing, and you're like, okay. That's, that's kind of refreshing to see, you know, like leadership instead of, you know, how do we do what they've done? How do we do it, but make it look different so it doesn't look like we're doing what they're, you know, because you see so much of that now to actually, you know, hear somebody say, hey, we're, we're doing what we're going to do and, and other people are going to follow it. That's that's great to hear. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just filling in. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. <laughs> I didn't mean to cause a dead spot there with it. <laughs>
I guess it wasn't really a question. <laughs> it was like say nothing or say amen on that one. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one of the other things too with with the marketing and one of the directions that we try to go um, is that we're we're very uh, very careful. Like uh, I know a lot of companies have to put a lot of press releases out just like all the time. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we really try to do is we try to limit the number of press releases and things that we put out so that it actually is news. Mm-hmm. You know that it's important that people stop and take look, take notice of it when we do it. Um, we do again a lot of guerrilla marketing stuff. You know, which is you know just getting out there and trying to to identify your fans of your particular book. You know, like for horror, what a good example of the show. What we did is we did a series of sketch cards that looked like giant movie tickets. And it's set up, it's on a red card stock, and Brent's doing, like, uh, white sketches on the back of it. And it's something that's really kind of cool and kind of different that nobody else is doing. And it's stuff like that, just finding the audience for that book and marketing specifically to that audience and letting them get the word out and say, hey, this is a great book, you got to check it out. And people talk, you know how it is. If people like something, they tell three other people. We're also telling everybody that those are the tickets you need to get to go see Kevin Smith tomorrow. I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> I got this ticket. <laughs> so many Horwood won today. Now I know. That's one way to get him to come to your booth. He'll come around looking for the guy who's passing out those tickets. He'll be passing out these tickets for getting interviews with me. Hi, this is Mike Norton, uh, co-creator and artist of Gravity. And... Uh, if you're not listening to Crankcast, you should be listening to Around Comics. Um, you know, I, I think that we, you know, we take this industry so seriously, and this is, I mean, this is obviously your business. This is what you guys do. Um, do. Do you find that it's easy to stay really passionate but still have fun doing this? I mean, this is a full-time plus job for you, but are you still having a great time doing this? And this is for everyone. I'll, I'll go first. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, at the end of the day, we just have to remember, it's only comic books. So it's got to be fun. <laughs> and the time that it ceases to be fun is when you stop doing it. So I'll be doing it forever. Anyone not having fun? <laughs> no, no, of course not. Everyone's Me. The, the horror one guys look strangely suspicious. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> their, book, I, their book comes from tears. I actually, I think this, uh, <laughs> I think doing a book renewed, like, I, I seriously, I think if, before that, I, I think I was slowly kind of losing my interest in the, the industry a little bit. Like, I going to the conventions, it was fun, but I was getting tired of going as a fan a little bit. And I knew I want, I like, I need to be behind the booth. And ever since, like, it's even, like, the small shows we do, it's just so much fun. And uh, I used to hate drawing in front of people, but when you did the free sketch cards, you have no choice. And I, I love doing it now. It's kind of a challenge and, you know, seeing what people want me to draw. And it's it's great. I love it. If you and see Brent at a show, get him to do a bizarro of anything. <laughs> he can do it. It's really cool every time. For me, it's really stuff like this that actually makes it more fun. I mean, it's fun to work on the book, but, you know, you put a lot of sweat and a lot of tears into it, but it feels like work at a certain point until you get here and people come up and they tell you how much they like the book, how much they've, where they've seen it, what they like about it, how they've told all their friends about it. I mean, that's the stuff that really makes it fun for us. The, that's the whole convention, not just our hotel room. Yes, yes. Being, uh, being, uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not just sitting <laughs> in here with three men in a room. Three <laughs> weird dudes and microphones. Fifteen men, fifteen men in one hotel room makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> at least this isn't a video podcast, thank God. <laughs> yeah, if this were a video be creepy. podcast, <laughs> yeah, not, not good. Not good. Scrambled <laughs> spice. <laughs> <laughs> you can make out a little bit. <laughs> um, 
any uh, any big news coming up from uh, from Ape in the uh, the coming months that we should be looking forward to? Uh, well, let's see. We sold out of Black Code number one. Despite ordering 40% or printing about 40% over what our initial orders were, we still didn't have enough. So if you want black code number one, go get it. And uh, mine will be on eBay. Mine will yeah, be on eBay. I got two. <laughs> I got two. I can't wait to eBay that that extra baby. Yeah. We actually had a couple retailers, friends of ours, that we actually they had a few spare copies. We had to buy them back just to have a couple for this show. But we actually nice. burned through those just today. So we have, yeah. None. So if you're in Chicago, sorry. We, don't have any more black coat number one for you. Uh, and then the other thing, big thing for us, is that we just got our first licensed property. We're picking up the uh, Teddy Scares uh, comic book and graphic novel licensing. That's that actually a, a news story that we were going to run this week. We're, we're going to go without the news, but um, yeah, that was uh, a great uh, a great news story. We're and really uh, congratulations! Didn't they have their own guys. booth? They yeah, do have yeah, a booth. I think Teddy I saw. Yeah. Com. They've got they've got um, a great line of plush toys. It's like evil Care Bears is like the very simple <laughs> Care Bear, a Care Bear, you know, eye fucking instead of a stare. Here you go. Here you go. Explicit tag. Here's your abbreviated news for the week. Independent comic publisher Ape Entertainment has reached an agreement with independent toy manufacturers Applehead Factory to publish a line of comic book graphic novels based on the popular Teddy Scares plush toy line. Ape Entertainment plans to produce Teddy Scares as 64-page full-color digest-sized graphic novels featuring stories from some of today's brightest up-and-coming horror makers. We've had great success with some of our other horror properties, such as Sullen Gray, Horrorwood, and UTF, so pursuing the license to Teddy Scares seemed like a natural step, said Ape Entertainment's Dave Hedgecock. For more information on this and other Ape Entertainment titles, visit them online at Ape Comics. Yeah, so that's exciting stuff. I tell you, um, Sal, do you have any? Who's going to be working on it? Who's? uh, Do you know yet? Um, Um, We're bringing in uh, one of the writers who works for the Teddy Scares Company, Applehead Mm -hmm. Factory, and we're going to be bringing in a couple of different artists uh, from from our stable, Mm -hmm. I guess. And then uh, we're actually actively looking for artists right now. So we've got quite a few. Oh, let me show you something. I guess. (laughs) It's not your grandpa's uh, Teddy Rexpin. It's not. It's scary. He just pulled out a Teddy Rexpin. Tom, do you expect anything like that? Sorry. Um, Keep going. Well, guys, I, I think in lieu of our normal top of the stack segment, I think we're gonna we're gonna go around. We're gonna have everybody uh, have a chance to tell us about your book and why it's so darn good. So, um, who would like to go? And then when you're gone, we're just gonna bash them. No. Let's let's just do it in a line, which is far easier for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've we've heard about this little book about this woman flies a Aviatrix. plane, shoots Nazis. Tell us about it. Well, thanks for stealing my thunder on that. <laughs> um, no, Athena Voltaire, it's uh, Indiana Jones starring a James Cameron-style female pilot. I mean, that's the long and short of it. You know, things blow up, Nazis die, monsters show up. We love the book. So, it is, thank uh, you very much. Everyone, everyone that's heard this podcast has heard about Athena Voltaire and should already have this book in hand. 
Steve does a great job, and uh, we're big fans of it. So, so, uh, so glad that you landed with Ape, and 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 Athena has found a home. So, it's uh, everybody should already have this book. So, but yes. if you don't, so, yeah, go get it now. Get it, go get it now. Uh, what can I do to top that? I mean, thanks for all the <laughs> kind words. It's yeah, literally all the podcasting stuff from you guys to Comic Geek Speak to Word Balloon. Everybody has just been incredibly supportive and. It's wonderful, and David and Brent are both uh, just way over the top supportive. So we well, can't. The, add the big question that. is, when, when's the movie? Um, <laughs> Twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll do the little Joss Whedon yeah, mutant right. enemy type right. animation, you know. Uh, Horrorwood next. Yes, Horrorwood. What? <laughs> Thanks, Elvis. Horrorwood is a murder mystery set in Hollywood in the 1950s. Uh, like we were saying earlier, it's not flat-out horror, but it's more in the vein of sort of 50s horror. Like, I'm a big Alfred Hitchcock, Ray Bradbury fan. Uh, Brent's a Vincent Price fan. I was really kind of surprised to meet you guys today because I figured you'd be way older than you are. Really? From reading the book. I mean, because really? I'm a huge fan of that we're stuff, older, too. Older and we're 14. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't yeah, I don't... Giving us food. Wait, you're... <laughs> What's going on? You guys are plenty creepy. It's okay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, you Steve. Uh, no, but the book centers around four sort of out-of-work Hollywood types. One's a B-movie actress and her father, who's a special effects artist. Uh, there's a stuntman and a magician, because you always have to have a magician. Um, and they get kind of mixed up in a mystery involving an underground cult that's led by a crazy hypnotist. So, Yeah. In the uh, <laughs> art-wise, it's just in red, black, and white tones. So, yeah. and you guys are on on issue what number? Uh, well, issues one and two are here at the convention. Mm-hmm. Three is actually coming out the later this month, so it should be in stores real soon. And you can pre-order issue four right now. The code is August O six three zero zero two. Yeah, and I I I read the first issue of it. I had gotten it when I. I didn't even know who you guys were or anything. I just picked it up because I like the cover and the, the title of it. And and I, I like I was saying, I'm a huge fan of, of sort of that you know era of, of monster movies and horror movies and stuff. And and that's why I, I was surprised. It's, you know, I'm like, wow, I, I figured you guys would be much older, more my, you know, along my age, and just and uh, more overweight you know, because I really. <laughs> 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 Thanks. Well, no, I just thought because I really <laughs> I really felt that you had 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 nailed that. That feel that you were, you know, obviously going for with the book, and and uh, and I just I really enjoyed it, so I, I can't wait to read more of it. Well, cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next, uh, black coat. Black coat. Yeah. Um. Yeah, wh- we we have one of the the black coat. Yeah. Here. Unfortunately, uh, Francesco couldn't be here, but um, black coat is James Bond meets Batman with a tricorn hat, basically. Uh, <laughs> It takes place in New York City, uh, 1775, right before the American Revolution starts. And uh, Black Coat is a spy working for the Colonials. He has a whole network of agents, and they're battling the British and some occult forces that have been introduced by them. So um, there's just all kinds of fun swashbuckling going on. It's kind of pulp throwback adventure. Um, I was big into the old 1940s serials, and that's what a lot of the influence comes from. So. Uh, one of the big draws is Francesco's artwork. If you if you haven't seen it, just open a book. It's it's incredible. He's he's an Italian artist. He's living here in the states and he's uh, making his break into comics and uh, it's it's just beautiful work. So how how long does it take him to do an issue? I, it, that artwork is <laughs> so detailed, so amazing. I'm just he there's a page a day. 
that's nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's an incredibly prolific artist as well. So he does that and other things. Uh, he's he's, he's a we busy guy. Francesco, this is a good this guy. Fran- he we were in San Diego and we were eating dinner. We were out to dinner, and <laughs> Brent's got this idea for a book with pilgrims and dinosaurs. Don't <laughs> Soul. High, high concept, right? And of course, it's you know we're well half-heartedly joking around but mostly joking around <laughs> as we're sitting at the dinner table he busts out a pen and r- on on the tablecloth the, which was paper butcher paper draws a bunch of, uh, like a lot of pilgrims running from a giant t-rex <laughs> and awesome and awesome. It, is, it was one of the best drawings that i saw all weekend at that show it was that good and he did it in about 10 seconds. It's disgusting yeah, how talented he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, th- this book is disgustingly pretty. Yeah. It, it is. It is. an incredibly talented guy. He's got a bright future ahead of him, so I'm just trying to hang on to him as long as I yeah, can. Yeah, keep, 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 him in it, keep him in it. Buy it yourself and be disgusted at how talented he is. Please <laughs> do. Uh, issue four uh, is back from the printer. It'll be in stores next week. You're getting a lot of buzz. That's like a buzz book. I've heard. I, I haven't read it yet. I just picked up all four issues today. But I mean, anyone that I've I've yeah. talked to about that book has nothing but good stuff yeah, to say about it. If Everybody people don't like it. Nobody's telling me. So keep that up. Don't. don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, don't mention it. That's uh, <laughs> that that is a uh, previous uh, top of the stack from yeah, around yeah, comics from a uh, couple months ago with uh, Dave Dave Wachter. Yeah, Dave had uh, brought that. Uh, in. We all were like, "Wow!" Scar Tissue is a is a really big fan of that yeah. book. So we've been uh, been really really happy with it. Uh, next, subculture, right? Subculture. <laughs> Uh, subculture, which obviously isn't out yet, it's up up and coming. But I, I kind of call it fanboy slice of life. I mean, it's uh, it's it's kind romance. of a, 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 with a little bit of romance thrown in, exactly. Well, it's that's obviously fictional then. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Tom. It, it gives fanboys hope before it dashes it to pieces again. Uh, <laughs> it's, kind of the, it's kind of the story of an everyman who's who's a, who's a comics fan, and you know he's kind of got the typical. A dead end kind of job, and and there's he's surrounded by colorful characters. I mean, really, a lot of this book is based on experiences that I have had as a fan. And uh, when I go to conventions and other things like that, I, I observe people and I watch the mannerisms. And we all know that we as comic fans are we're, we're kind of interesting folks sometimes. And so so I've taken a lot of that kind of stuff and and have put it together in 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 this book. And and uh, fortunate enough to find uh, Stan as the artist for this book because I think his style is is perfect for it, and, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So when does it come out? Uh, hopefully at the beginning of the year, uh, give or take. We'll see how fast Stan here can... Uh, I, I'm fast. He's drawing right now. <laughs> yeah, so, so he brought his art table in, 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 yeah. for, the, in for the podcast. But it's, it's got a lot of humor. It's got a lot of uh, inside jokes that I think people who are involved in the comics or the gaming industry will, will appreciate. Um, there's a lot of hidden om- homages in there that... that uh, People will get. I mean, if you're a Knights of the Dinner Table fan, for example, there's a few little things about that in there. Or if you like uh, Box Office Poison, there's little tidbits of that. Alex so Robinson. Yeah. Golf, Golf claps from everyone. My trick. If you like Box Office Poison, if you like PvP, uh, if you like, oh, oh, I don't know, Knights of the Dinner Table, I guess, maybe a few other things in that genre. Uh, this is the type of book that I think you'd be interested in. It looks in. really nice. I, I, I'm just kind of thumbing through the preview we just got. And it 
Very cool. We have some free previews available here at the here at the con. If anyone wants to stop by the table and pick some yeah. up, we'll be happy I'll to be them doing out. free sketches at noon tomorrow. So. <laughs> well, this won't come out till till Monday, so they won't. If you can get on your time machine and go backwards. Well, hopefully we'll be at uh, you know SPX. Yeah. And Wizard World okay. Texas and a few other things as well, pushing it pretty hard. And then probably yeah. next year's whole con Definitely. schedule, you'll be there. Definitely. Roll it We'll be the right. flagship of Ape Entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Confidence. I'm back over here. Tom, Tom, Tom is working the room. Uh, <laughs> Magnitude's basically both a, uh, you know, a, a hero that's basically been Earth's greatest hero since the golden age. Like, I kind of invent a lot of uh, history. But uh, he, in within one page, kind of goes bad and attempts to take over the planet. So, uh, meanwhile, you know, 200 years in the future when the Earth is about to explode, uh, Magnitude is sent back in time as basically the sole survivor of the future. Uh, and then he's kind of got to show the world, you know, what a real hero is, I guess, after this guy's gone bad. So, And I kind of got a exciting news last week, but I don't kind of want to spill the beans too early here, but uh, it, it's, well, <laughs> just him, you don't have to, I don't know if I should, yeah, John Byrne has agreed to, uh, in principle. Right, in principle. right, yeah, <laughs> to, uh, to uh, help me out and do uh, a cover, so uh, for me that's huge news, because I'm, a, you know, since childhood I've been a huge fan, and it's, I don't know, I think it's going to be great to work on his art, so there we go. Has he ever yeah. really done anything like that? I mean, I don't, I, you know, other than his own work and doing, um, you know. You know, I, I think really it was just a matter of someone asking him. Like, uh, uh. Yeah, I, I know he gets a lot of uh, ba a bad rap, which I feel is undeserved. I mean, he speaks his mind like a lot of other people do, and, and I, so far. The I'm man not, deserves to do whatever the hell he wants to at this I, point. I agree. Yeah. I, I think he's a legend and I'm like pumped. I, I just hope everything works out. So I could uh, see that though because it's like he just has that aura about him. I could imagine everyone just sort of being too well, intimidated to go up to him. and, and Sure. Uh, but he, I mean in the slight communication I've had with him he's been nothing but gracious and generous. So I mean I hope something like this can maybe help give him a better rep than he's undeservedly been getting lately. So uh, there we go. <laughs> um, guys, there are yeah that that that's everyone that's that's here tonight. Um, there there are some other uh, ape titles that aren't being represented by creators here. Uh, UTF I know is is one. Uh, you guys want to talk about who isn't here tonight and uh, and, and what talk else? bad about them because they're not here. Maybe I've <laughs> been doing that all day. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, okay, well, uh, UTF is another book that was at Speakeasy that came over to A. Uh, it stands for Undead Task Force. Uh, it's created by um, Will Wilson, Tom Rodriguez, and Scott. Here. <laughs> sure. Scott Reynolds. Scott Reynolds, thank you. Um, it's a really great book. It's, it's well written, it's beautiful. Um, it basically follows a group of agents that are set up uh, to go out and track down basically anything, anything supernatural. Uh, they deal with vampires, they deal with zombies, and it's all taking place in L.A. Um, one of the first things that they have to deal with is uh, a group of vampires taking over an L.A. prison. And they're all locked in and wanting to get out. So it's just an absolutely fabulous book. It, the art is by Tone Rodriguez. Uh, if you're not familiar with the work, go familiarize yourself. It, that sounded dirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's an amazing artist, and he's at, at his 
top of his form in this book. It's really just great stuff. Well, guys, I think that is our our ape spotlight. Any uh, last thoughts, final comments on ape comics, whatever from the rest of the the, the crowd here? Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I just want to say, I mean, personally well, myself, I uh, you know with a lot of of smaller publishers it's hit and miss you know they'll come out with something that's good and then they'll come out with something that is bad or i don't particularly like and so far you guys i, I think every title that i've seen from you guys is quality and and you know you, you had mentioned it earlier it's as long as it's well written as long as it's you know well drawn that's all you're really requiring and and so far from what i've seen of it every title you guys have put out is quality so if you guys haven't checked out Ape Entertainment, you should. It's a name you can trust. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I just wanted to point out, and Ben can back me up on this, as you know, the, the speakeasy survivors here, the books that are coming through Ape, um, you've heard about a lot of them tonight, but not all of them are out right now. You're hearing about stuff that will be out in a couple of months, and when those books are coming out, some of our series will be, you know, wrapping up because they're mini series. So, mm-hmm. I just really don't want anybody to get that speakeasy perception of, oh my God, how many books are these guys doing? Because Brent and David really have a terrific plan mm-hmm. about limiting it so that every book can have its moment of of a spotlight mm-hmm. and get the right amount of press. And so, even though you'll hear about, you know, a series like Sullen Gray, it's completed. It's four issues. They're wonderful. Buy them all. UTF is going to be wrapping up really soon. Horrorwood will wrap up in October. T- in October, yeah, two months. So it's not like all this stuff is you know right here in your face and you need to buy it all tomorrow. It's, it's not glutting. Right, but the, the if you can buy it all. He's like, buy one for you and one for your friends. Something I thought so. was pretty cool is, is we did the Wizard World LA, and we were the only creative team that was able to go out there, so it was kind of just us. And then we get here today, and it was, it was awesome to be just around the booth and have creators from all the books all around. And I... I felt just awesome just being around it because I think it just helped everybody's book, just having the creators there. And just, it was a fun vibe just for the show today, and I really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to doing this again soon. I, I tell you, the, 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 one, the, one thing that, the one thing I'll comment on is that a lot of the companies that, that we talk to or that you see have a, a certain air of desperation about them. Please buy our book. You guys are so confident, confident. in what you're doing. <laughs> it, 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 you know, yeah. No, no you, you believe in what you do. You're so damn confident in what you have is good, We're and rightfully so. It's, I mean, it's, it's not. You, you know, you know, you're doing good stuff, and that's. It's nice. It's refreshing. Well, thanks. I honestly, if, if the product wasn't good and we didn't believe in it, we, we, we wouldn't put the effort behind it, and we wouldn't put our names on it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. One of the one of the cool things about doing podcasting or being involved in podcasting is when you're um, a fan who has no talent for writing or drawing, <laughs> and uh, you have books, and for a long time you're a fan for a long time, and you can't, you want to help books that you like, and you never have any idea of how to do it. I mean, you tell like your three friends, and they're like, "Well, I won't read that or whatever." <laughs> so one of the cool things is to you know, talk to people from a company like this and actually be able to, you know, get the word out about a bunch of books that are all very good and even books that aren't out yet, but I'll probably get because they sound really good. So it's 
really rewarding to do stuff. You're like buying that, it because so. it has a picture of a gorilla on it. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, Mort Weisinger was right about <laughs> the ape thing. I'll get it if it has not Or a talking tiger. <laughs> That's the other one. <laughs> yeah, Horrorwood number four is going to come out with it. <laughs> Tom, you're a genius. <laughs> Damn it, back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you got to see the Talking tigers and apes. Yes, you can't, he's exclusive to us. You can't have him. <laughs> well, I, I just want to say thank you to you guys for letting us uh, yes. be on. Oh, I gosh, really sure. appreciate it. And like, oh, like I was saying before, <laughs> polite applause. You guys. <laughs> Sit on your beds. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for letting us use your restroom. <laughs> and sorry about that. <laughs> hey, all right. This is uh, this what, go this what we're here for. It is it, this this uh, this is what makes us. I, I just really want to just here. just to sort of give our, our our listeners, you know, try and explain to them what this room kind of looks like. You know, oh, I got, I got pictures. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. It's but like a gang the, the best part, the my, my favorite, <laughs> Steve Bryant said earlier. <laughs> My favorite part is Tom standing up, just sort of working the crowd. He's like doing a stand-up routine. I'm waiting for him to. All right, guys. Well, well thank, thanks all you guys for being on the show. Yeah. Um, and uh, we we do have we do have uh, a couple quick announcements oh. before we, we wrap. I was up wrapping here. it up. I'll, that's my job. I'm thirsty. Good award. <laughs> all right. A um, couple quick announcements, and then we'll uh, let everyone go here. Uh, we are now uh, proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. The CPN is a collection of the best comic book podcasts on the net. You can learn more about the network and find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Uh, the Comics Podcast Network just had their very first official Comics Podcast crossover. It was on Monkeys was the, the theme yeah. and was uh, uh, emceed by our very own Tom Cater. Yeah. So please check it's that out to, uh, for the Comics Podcast. Cro- and Tom, it's really hard to golf club. It's Yeah, it's really hard <laughs> to sit in a room and try and think of funny things to say about a bunch of different recordings when there's no one around to like laugh at what you're saying and you're just sitting in a really hot room with your like laptop and headphones on it, i would never anyone who does a podcast by themselves is either insane or way better at talking than i am or a little sad, <laughs> or a little sad. Or a little sad. He's right. better at talking <laughs> Uh, our uh, uh, our forum was great this week. I uh, want to thank everyone again. Uh, we had so many people from the forum that have come in for the convention. Uh, I, uh, Dan, uh, Papercut, uh, Vince B, David Price, uh, uh, Matt S, of course, is here. Uh, Dustin's going to be here tomorrow. Uh, Rudiger, uh, the list goes on and on and on. I'm, I'm forgetting a bunch of people, but thank you guys so much. Pat. Uh, yeah. John Suntress was here. Uh, Cohen Bunn uh, of uh, The Damned, which is coming out in October. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Hook is here promoting Revere. Um, John, um, John Suntress, yes, who John you already Suntress. mentioned, yes. and I just blanked when I said John. <laughs> um, uh, uh, just so uh, everyone is uh, aware, we post uh, next week's topic on Tuesdays at our forum at aroundcomics.com. Uh, the July-August contest, the Write Tom's Comic, uh, will be announcing that winner at the end of August. Uh, listener LCS Challenge, please check that out. 
vote at Podcast Alley. Please write us an iTunes review. Uh, thanks to everyone at the uh, San Diego Podcasters panel for the mention on the show. It was really cool. Scott Hines, thank you so much at Fanboy Radio. You've been really great to us. We really appreciate it. Our sponsor today, GeekArmor.com. Please go check out Geek Armor. Um, I would like to thank everyone on today's panel. Sal, always for producing, editing, posting, blah, blah, blah. Tom, for being the showing up smarmy, smart ass <laughs> that you are. Being here. And, uh, and together. Ape Entertainment. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Uh, everyone, have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Monday with another full-length episode. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in... And around, and around comics. Comics. If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for this show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week, where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same, bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics.